You're listening to Live Wild Radio, the part-time adventure podcast. Join us as we explore how outdoor adventures build mind, body, and spirit. Welcome back to Live Wild Radio. This is the third in our series on the bicycle. And what are we going to talk about today? Training for bike. Training on your bike. (laughs) I guess how do you put it? Um... I like the idea of putting it as how to use your bicycle to optimize your health and fitness. That sounds good, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So you have a bike. Uh, You know, we convinced you how important a bike is, how useful of a tool it is. Then you've listened to our episode on all the little tips and tricks and things to know about fitting your bike to make it more comfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And now we're actually going to talk about actually how to use it to train um, actual workouts. So let's have Catherine um, start it off. What do you mainly use your bike for? Yeah, so I use it for sanity purposes, mental health. <laughs> no, no, but I mean from a training I'm, standpoint. I, I'm joking. Oh, okay. But I'm serious. Um, no, serious. It has those benefits. But from a training perspective... Um, yeah, zone two training, because for me, I find that I, I measure my heart rate. So I have a sense of where my zone two is based. Basically it's when I can have a conversation, but I need a breath of air Yeah, in that same sentence, short sentences, short sentences. And, um, so for me, that's around 145 beats per minute. Um, anyhow, but again, it's always based on the breath in when you're speaking, um, so that kind of training, we've heard a lot of studies and accolades, um, re- or emphasis from Peter Atia and others about, um, is great, um, for foundational fitness. You know, they were talking about the coach for, I forget what his name is for the Tour de France and how his coach basically focused on zone two training and VO2 max training. Yeah. I think 80% of his training was, um, zone, zone two. two. So the idea is that it elevates your endurance. Yeah, and your your base fitness um, across the board, and that's so. why back in the day we used to call it base building, <clears throat> right? Before everybody started calling it zone two, you know, it, it was building your base. So but, I do that about uh, three four times a week for about an hour on road bike, um, and then one day a week we go for a longer ride. Mm-hmm. Um, it's around zone two, and, and there's going to be elements or bits and pieces of higher. Um, Cycling, you know, hard, higher intensity. High, higher intensity. Um, sometimes I do uh, sprints. Um, basically, I count my pedal strokes, about 50 pedal strokes in total. Um, you know, and, and at first when you told me to do that, do it, you know, you said do it for 20 seconds. I yeah. just basically did 50 pedal strokes, waiting until my heart rate got down, you know, or waited two and a half minutes. And it was, and my heart rate, I just, you know, gets back, recovers very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, do it again, do it like four or five times, I think, or six times you said in an hour's ride. So, um, yeah, I quite like that. It's not hard. I think once you've been riding zone two as I'm as much as I have since May, Mm -hmm. um, I did a little bit indoors, which seemed to actually do something. I didn't expect it to. I did it like a half hour a session, maybe three days a week, four Mm -hmm. days a week, you know, it was more to help my knees and but it does help because when I went back out on my, when I started riding on the road with my kids, my kids were winded yeah. and I was just looking at them like, what? You know, it, it was kind of weird to see that, but it does help you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So from a technical standpoint, um, what's happening to your body? Like it's basically going like long and slow to go fast. Um, and it seems counterintuitive. Like if you want to go faster, you got to go faster, right? Would be the logic. Yeah. But what we're looking at is physiological adaptations. And so the zone true, tr- zone true, <laughs> zone two training, um, what it does, it increases the mitochondria. Uh, mitochondria are the little power plants. If anybody remembers, you know, high school biology, uh, the power plants in the cell. So the more mitochondria you have, the more energy you can process aerobically. That means with oxygen. Um, Because obviously you can't go that long without oxygen. Um, So you're basically increasing your engine. So what will happen is 
over time, your heart rate doesn't change when you're doing zone two training. It's still the same target, but you just go faster for the same effort. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and so you, you increase the mitochondrial density. Uh, you'll get capillarization within the muscles. Um, and those are the little blood vessels. Um, so the more capillarization you have, the more oxygen supply can be carried to the muscles. So the, again, the more power and uh, energy you can create aerobically with oxygen. Um, and the other thing of having a big uh, aerobic base is when you do a hard effort, you recover way quicker from it, right? That's why even people whose primary sport of interest is something, you know, that's like short duration, you know, strength athletes, um, uh, you know, stuff where you're going shorter but really, really hard, uh, you actually benefit from, you don't have to have the aerobic capacity of a professional cyclist, you know, or a marathon runner, but having an increased aerobic capacity means you're going to recover quicker from your hard efforts. Um, so you'll perform better later in a game. Uh, you know, you'll be able to do more hard sets in a workout, like if you're lifting weights, because each set doesn't take as much out of you. You recover quicker, mm-hmm. right? So there's there's a bunch of benefits other than pure endurance. And then, of course, having better blood flow throughout your body. Um, mm. This comes back to our... Uh, Recovery. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my, my uh, post I did a few weeks ago about droopy banana syndrome, uh, <laughs> uh, you run into the thing for sexual function. <laughs> if you don't have good blood flow, um, you're going to have problems. And, you know, the stats are, are pretty stark. 40% of the men over 40, 50% of the men over 50, 60% of the men over 60 run into problems in that department. Um, so if you can improve your cardiovascular fitness, um, and Catherine was right, about 80% of your time is going to be spent in zone two. Um, and then, well, like a couple of weeks ago, we were out on a ride with our buddy Ryan, and uh, as we're riding, he's like, okay, well, how can, what can I do to improve my riding? So it's like a really simple program I put together for him mm-hmm. um, is uh, basically um, two to three 45-minute to an hour and a half zone two rides during the week, mm-hmm. one longer one um, where you're going, you know, Try to cover a lot of distance. If you want to open up the jets and have some harder efforts, that's perfectly fine. Um, and then once a week, uh, doing interval training, high intensity intervals. So how long? So, uh, rewind here. Um, how long is the hard ride? Long ride. The long ride. Uh, you know, a, a short long ride is going to be two hours. Okay. Um, a long long ride is anything over that. <laughs> you know, like three, four, five, six hours. You know, just. It, you're going on an adventure, mm-hmm. right? Um, for anybody who is in zone two, uh, yeah, but in whatever, you, yeah, like you know, when you did the ride with us on the rail trail, yeah, um, uh, when we went the Guelph Goddard Trail, mm-hmm. you had a bunch of time where you were way over, yeah, right. Now the thing you run into is the more time you spend above zone two, mm-hmm. the longer it's going to take you to recover from. Right. right. It's still good for you. It just takes longer to recover. Yeah. So you just might have to adjust your training in the ensuing days. Yeah. Right. Because, uh, you know, when you go long uh, and you go hard, it's an added stress on the body. Right. Stress yeah. on the body is good if you recover from it. But, you know, you, you might be tired the next day. So just as a quick tangent, because I spoke to my dietitian today. Mm. Um, to help with my efforts of weight loss and mm-hmm. something that she said to me that was interesting she was really dissecting my life and my yep. lifestyle and my exercise and uh, we were talking about cycling and how sometimes you know I'm a little tired um, and she goes well if you're tired before you start like if you have because I, I wondered if having so much fatigue in your body <coughs> sorry let me backtrack she was talking about having a recovery meal mm-hmm. you want to have like 15 grams of protein uh, carbs and some protein after say a zone two ride one hour right yeah just to recover a little bit of what you lost and refuel Mm -hmm. um and i asked 
the question if uh, sometimes I feel quite a bit of fatigue in my legs, you know, when I'm riding. And she said, well, when do you go? I said, well, first thing in the morning, she goes, how hydrated, hydrated are you? I'm like, not very. She goes, try that. She goes, generally, hydration can really affect that. So just as a side note, mm-hmm. um, if you go in the morning or before you go for a ride and you find you're tired, try and up your water intake for performance and training. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like and what, one of the things you'll often run into too, like most of our dinners aren't high in carbohydrates. So basically, you know, like we just ate and we had salmon and salad. Now, we did have some garlic bread, so that right. is sort that of different. Right, enough, yeah. Uh, but a lot of our dinners are that. protein. Um, obviously, you know, there'll be some fats in there and then vegetables and salads. Right, so there isn't a lot of carbohydrate, um, and we're not really adjusting that that much because the goal you're having is to be in a caloric deficit to lose weight. Mm-hmm. But if you've done, you know, a, a moderate ride, you've used some muscle glycogen, right? Right. And then when you get up in the morning, um, your body's in fat burning mode, mm-hmm. right? Because it's been deprived of food for you know, 10 hours, mm-hmm. um, which is fine. But uh, we often, we go without eating. Right. Right. So, you know, part of the reason you may feel tired is just you, your blood sugar's low, mm. right? But, um, and that's going to be fine. Even in your legs? Like, I feel sometimes just muscular, muscularly tired, like my thighs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, the, there's a good chance that you potentially haven't replaced all the muscle glycogen from mm. the, the last workout or and or ride. That's what I was wondering, <clears throat> yeah. You know, but the thing is, that sort of, because you're trying to lose weight, Yeah. live with it. Okay. <laughs> right. Anyways, because, but the one thing that I haven't been doing is, you know, she said, you want to drink enough water that you have to go to the bathroom before you leave. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, that's, that's something I don't well, and, do. And do it with some electrolytes so your body absorbs the water. Yeah. Like even just a dash of salt in the water. Like sure. Sodium helps your body retain water. Yeah. So just from a training perspective, if you want to just feel more energized and, you yeah. know, functioning well, it's just some side tips yeah. when you're training. Um, yeah. So so we're looking two to three, 45 minute to hour and a half, zone two rides during the week. Um, one long ride on the weekend. And then one session of intervals. <clears throat> And the way, uh, basically, he's going to alternate, uh, and this is actually what I do myself, so uh, it works very well, is that one week, call it like the e odd, or yeah, the odd week, so week one, week three, week five, uh, will be four by four intervals. Um, so you warm up, like so ride for, I, I do 16 minutes, mm-hmm. and you'll see why in a second. Um because then at 16 minutes, um, I start my intervals, and it's four minutes as hard as you can go, four minutes easy, you repeat it four times. And because I started at a multiple of four, mm-hmm. I start at 16, I'm done at 20. Mm-hmm. Then the next one goes at 24, it's done at 28. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next one goes at 32. <laughs> you know, So it makes yeah. it very easy yeah. to keep track of. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, because you're, you know, basically trying to breathe out your ears. You're so deprived of oxygen doing mm-hmm. them. They're <laughs> VO2 max intervals. So you literally are completely maxing out your oxygen intake. Right. Um, and a couple of things they do. They teach your body uh, how to dissipate, you know, reprocess lactic acid. Um, how to tolerate, you know, hard efforts. Mm-hmm. Um, they increase your power output. Think of it as like strength training <laughs> on the bike. Right. Um, uh, you know, um, you'll find your recovery improves between them over a period of weeks. Yeah. Right. Um, and they will help when you hit a hill. You're able to go up the hill quicker. Right. right? You've got more oomph. You've got more power. Mm-hmm. Right. Think of it as your top end. Right. And this is where this type of training we're talking about is polarized training. You're either going pretty easy or really hard, mm-hmm. you're not doing much in the middle. Right. Right. Because the middle, not that it doesn't give you exercise or training benefits, but it doesn't really improve the aerobic capacity as effectively as zone two training. 
um, but it has a way higher recovery demand. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a mistake most people make when they go for like riding for fitness is they try to ride for the duration they're going as hard as they can. Like try to ride as fast as they can. So they end up in zone three, zone four. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're not maximizing your aerobic adaptation, but you're not going hard enough uh, to really, uh, you know, train the glycolytic pathways um, at the top end. So you run into this thing where you're kind of in this gray zone or no man's zone. Um, <clears throat> but rides like that, well, they can be fun. Um, take a lot to recover from, right? So you're not getting as big a bang for your buck out of them, um, but they have a high recovery cost, mm-hmm. right? Uh, whereas, you know, if once a week you're going out and doing four by four intervals, mm-hmm. you'll feel it the next day. So if you are going to go for a ride, go for a real easy ride just to get some blood flow in your legs. Right. Um, but you'll easily be able to do a zone two the day after that. Mm-hmm. Um uh, and then on the alternate weeks, we'll call those the even so weeks. So the, the real easy ride after that 4x4 four four is not even a zone 2 ride. No, if you feel up to it, sure. Right. But a lot of times you're just fatigued. You're <laughs> just moving your legs just to get the blood flowing. Yeah, Got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you could also just go for a walk, you know, go sit in the sauna. <laughs> um, upcoming episodes, by the way. Um, uh but then on the alternate weeks, the even weeks, uh, it's the 20 to 30 second sprints Catherine was talking about. Um, uh, and you'll have anywhere from two and a half, three, three and a half minute recovery between. You want to be fully recovered in between so that you can put maximum effort into those sprints. Mm-hmm. And they're working on your acceleration ability. Acceleration is a skill. Mm-hmm. Um Fast twitch muscle fibers need to be trained. So uh, they don't hurt as much as four by four intervals do because you're not doing them as long. And, you know, you start with six and then every second week you add one. Um, And that translates into uh, a 10 week training program. Mm. Um, And, you know, the goal, make your weekend, uh, say your Sunday ride. Gradually make it a little longer. I do my intervals on Wednesday. Um, right. To give you the uh, the recovery. Yeah. From the longer ride on the weekend. Yeah. And then everything else is zone two. That's true because once you usually do your longer ride, if it takes anything out of you, you yeah. want to take a few days to to recover from that too. Yeah. You know, and that's hmm. where, okay. because the thing is, uh, like a, a, a zone two ride, um, especially if you get some carbs and protein in your system afterwards, um, you know, like if you had a protein shake at a bagel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll run into the thing where you're replenishing, you know, the uh, uh, glycogen you burned um, easily there. But like a zone two ride that's an hour long will only take you like 12 hours to recover from. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas if you do a three hour ride with some hard hills, you know, or just bigger hills on the weekend, that could take you a couple days to recover from. Right. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the same thing with your intervals. So when people start off with zone two training, um, if they haven't done any cycling, how long would you recommend they start with? 20 to 30 minutes. Okay. You know, the adaptations will come pretty quickly. They do. Um, yeah. You know, but uh, it's one of those things. Like if you think about like the recommendation is like a minimum of, and the, this is the recommendation from us, but like, you know, like uh, you see it all over, like, you know, Three 30-minute sessions a week. That's it? <coughs> That's like the bare minimum, mm. right? Um, and the thing you run into uh, is gradually increasing your um, time under zone two will, mm-hmm. will give you more benefits. It's just they're diminishing returns. Right. Right? So you run into the thing where if you were to go super long and just gradually build like 10% per week, you know, so you start an hour, then it's an hour six, an hour 12, and this is per workout. Um, For a lot of people, it can become, uh, you know, a time issue. 
Yeah, that's why I like doing it outdoors because it's... it's no, like, no, but I mean a time issue from the lifestyle-wise. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you, you know, if you can uh, sneak it in... That's why I find doing it in the morning mm-hmm. is... So we get up at the uh, early crack of dawn. Um, usually not even <laughs> even before that. Yeah. Um, I mean, in the summertime, I was getting about 5.15 to be out the door and uh, on my bike at 6.00. Now that we're into uh, almost September, we're riding at 6.30. So basically 45 minutes before that, we're up. Yeah. And um, that's a great way to start the day. So, I mean, that's just the side benefits of how you feel. Mm -hmm. Um, But a great way to fit it in. And I find, so it's it's amazing how productive I am even after that. Yeah. You know. Well, because you've got a ton of oxygen going throughout your body. Yeah. Right. Definitely the energy's there and you're awake and you're ready to go and you're like, yeah. okay, I can read the newspaper, I can read a book or, yeah. you know, now I go in the sauna. Um, yeah. And the, the thing you run into too, it's like, uh, and it's not as effective, but if you are limited on time, mm-hmm. you could do, like if you can only get out for a longer ride on the weekend, mm-hmm. um, one of the things you could do is actually do intervals three days a week. Like if you were to do intervals Monday, Wednesday, Friday, right? You know, like warm up for ten, fifteen minutes. Um, you know, I would do one four by four session a week, and then two sprint sessions a week. Uh huh. Um, and then if you were able to get three of those in during the week, and then do a longer ride on the weekend, um, that can you know, it's one of these things. Like if you don't have the time to go long, go hard. <laughs> uh. Even if you, the, if you the, had to choose, okay. yeah, you know, so it's better to do something than nothing, right? Right. Rule you, number one. Yeah. Um, so one of the things you could always do, and this is bloody to bad intervals. They're mm-hmm. miserable if you mm-hmm. do them properly. Yeah. But you warm up for ten minutes, go all out for twenty seconds, ten seconds easy. You repeat that eight times. It's a four minute workout. Yeah. Uh, most people don't do it properly. Tabata got applied to everything, like Tabata push-ups and Tabata jumping jacks, and you know. Yeah. But um, especially if you've got an indoor bicycle trainer at home. Yeah. Um, you warm up for ten minutes, uh, four-minute workout, five-minute cool down, mm-hmm. nineteen minutes long. Yeah. Right. Um, and that That's was done. Uh, like that study, Dr. Tabata, you know, in Japan, hmm. um, was done with the Japanese national speed skating team. Okay. And they, they now these are elite level athletes, but they, uh, compared to the group that was doing what we'd call zone two training, mm-hmm. um, they were doing 60 minutes. Yeah. Um, five days a week. Okay. Um, whereas the, uh, that was the control group. The other yeah. group was doing uh, four minutes. You know, like eight yeah. 20 second intervals with said. 10 seconds recovery. Yeah. Uh, and they saw an improvement, uh, about an equal improvement in aerobic capacity. Okay. As the people who were riding for an hour. Yeah. But they saw a way bigger improvement in anaerobic capacity because mm. obviously the aerobic group is not doing any anaerobic work. Right. Um, so it's not a sustainable do it all the time type thing. Yeah. But they did a six week study with this. Mm-hmm. Um, and now the thing is, if you're doing those intervals properly, it's all out for each 20 seconds. Okay. So each one, and it's only a 10 second recovery. Yeah. Right. So you really want to do this on an indoor bicycle trainer. Trying to do it outside is almost impossible. Like, to, you know, the starts right. and stops. But, right. um, you know, being that a lot of people do have indoor bike trainers, yeah. for people who are limited on time. Oh, that's a good one. Um, that's a, like a total ass-kicking workout that will ge- yield you big benefits. Hmm. Um, but if you are coming from the couch, mm-hmm. do not do that because you will have a heart attack. Okay. Right? You could probably do it now because yeah. you've got a good fitness base under you. Yeah. You know? Um, you know, and because you have... Uh, a bike trainer, right? Um, you know, you could you could get a pretty if you're ever stuck for time, right? Right. It's like okay, I've only got half an hour. What am I gonna do? Yeah, no, that's right? good. Because especially good. when you think about a ride, right? Like if we go ride for an hour in mm-hmm. the morning, well, there was a bunch of getting ready part too that's not even factored into that. That's right. Whereas if you're 
bikes on the trainer already. Yeah. The other thing to remember though, and I know this is talking about recovery, but it's super important so that you feel good and you can continue doing this. Um, for me, and I'd be curious what it is in your experiences for others who don't have knee problems, but, um, for me at my age and with the issues I have with my knees, with the osteoarthritis, I find that cycling, even when I start off light, just in zone two, Mm -hmm. always, um, creates enough you know my basically my muscles tense up yeah. in my thighs and they're tight they stay tight so you've got to stretch them and i do it immediately after i get off my bike mm-hmm. and that's the best time to stretch is after you've worked out right so i do what's called the world's greatest stretch do you want to explain it uh so go to youtube.com <laughs> <laughs> and look up world's greatest stretch right because it's, it's three different stretches to it's do more with. than that because you got uh quad like a hip flexor stretch mm-hmm. a hip stretch uh if you bend your rear leg doing the um uh the lunge the lunge then it's a quad stretch mm-hmm. and then you got a hamstring stretch right and you're doing some torso rotations Right. So it's a, a upper thoracic back spinal mobility. So it's a bunch of things all thrown into one, kind of done in a neat little series. Side mm. note, because I think this, yeah, I will mention this. So tangent, Winston told me to order a bunch of things off Amazon for a bike touring trip coming up in October. So I did, and I didn't notice that there were these um, batons. Yeah, steel clubs. Steel clubs. Anyway, I just ordered it. And he came in, he's like, oh, why'd you order? I'm like, well, because it was there. <laughs> and so I did. One was five pounds, one was 10 pounds. So I did the swinging with it in the morning. Yeah. And part of it involved keeping your feet planted and just bending your knees, which I had trouble bending my one knee because of my knee. Yeah. Nevertheless, I actually noticed how much better that mobility, that exercise was for my knees. Yeah. Because in the morning, they're super cranky and tight, yeah. um, you know, inflamed. And that loosened everything up yeah and i swear going up and down stairs no pain yeah and it was just because we didn't go riding this morning that's yeah. all i did yeah and i did that for my um my spine right yeah. just to help with my core and work those muscles and it actually benefited my knees um so that was really interesting yeah because it, the thing is is that uh it, it's using the exercise called mills with steel clubs um it's a single arm mill um, and because there's rotation at the hips, your knees move a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and you have to brace. And so, uh, it's sort of, <laughs> we need a video podcast. Um, but if you look up, you know, um, steel club or club bell training, single arm mill, you'll see the movement. Um, but the thing you run into with it is that there's like a twist and brace, but you're keeping your feet pointing forward. Mm-hmm. So you're twisting through the hips and the the upper back. Um, and it naturally is going to have a little bit of knee movement. Right. And it is a great way to warm up. It is. Yeah. Uh, and But the cool thing is, is the clubs come in different weights. So as you get stronger... And you're becoming more mobilized, then you gradually increase the load uh, over time. And it doesn't have to be a rush. It's not like you got to pile it on like you're doing with a barbell or anything. Right. You know, maybe it's a couple months with each weight. Yeah. Um, and you run into the thing. It, it, it's all part of that knitting the body together. You know, because basically Catherine tweaked her back last week. And so I was looking on Amazon for... Uh, because getting some rotational training in. Right. Um, you know, because if you think about it like a weighted club, uh, it's a lever. Um, and levers magnify the weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it allows you to sort of get this rotational training in in a safe way um, that combines both rotation and bracing. Which will help your back. Right. You know. Um, and then the cool side effect is it seems to help your knees. Yeah. I only mention this because um, I have found that after doing a lot of riding consistently, yep. 
Your quads um, get tight. Your quads get tight. Things creep up, and you just want to make sure that you're doing everything that you can to take care of mobility and recovery, mm-hmm. so that you can keep doing what you're doing and feeling yeah. good. Yeah, so because stretching is important. Mobility is important. Yeah, because these episodes we're talking about obviously endurance, cardiovascular training, but you still got to be getting in three to five strength training sessions a week. Like if we're if we're going for the optimum, right? Like if anybody right. downloaded my turning back the clock ebook right. on exercise for uh, um, longevity and health, you need to be you know in a perfect world you get in the top five percent of cardiovascular fitness. And you're in the top 20% of strength for your age group. Um, those two combined give you kind of superpowers. But it's one of these things where, you know, um, you want to gradually, slowly build. Uh, because what happens is, is that you're not going to be doing very many heavy squats if your legs are so tired from riding the day before. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. Um, and that's the other great thing about zone two. I could do a zone two ride in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I could lift weights after work. Yeah, and that's what we've been doing. Yeah. So it is really great. Um, do, do, do. What other kind of training can you do with your bike? I think we've covered up quite a bit. Yeah. So basically, zone two, easy. Yeah. Zone two, if you're already working out, go for an hour, five days a week. Yeah. Was it five? No. No, sorry. Three during the week and then one on longer one on the week. Right. And then you talked about the sprints. Yeah. To that as if, or what to do if you're pinched for time. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. And, and because if all you can get in, like maybe you can get out for a ride on the weekend, some type of intervals, like, and this is where a bike trainer, um, you know, like, a, mm. whether you're doing it on a Peloton or you're doing it, you know, on your bike mounted on an indoor bicycle trainer, um, you know, a shorter interval workout, uh, you're not going to get all the adaptations you would get from, uh, aerobic training. Um, but you, you still get a sizable fitness bump out of it, mm-hmm. and, but it's very, very short. Right. Um, and that's where having a nice mix, like my ideal program, you're getting zone two and you're getting intervals in, um, you kind of get the best of both worlds. Uh, and you know, even if it's, you're just able to get on and spin for 15 minutes, Right. Everything like that is going to be additive. Like every workout you get in, even if it's not perfect, builds on what you've done before and lays the groundwork for the future. I know what I wanted to talk about was, um, and this is getting into gear, but it's all still very supportive of training. So I got clipped in pedals. Mm-hmm. So that in itself now takes uh, what was just like pushing a piston down. pushing yeah. up and down, you know, down. Now you have the full cycle of up and down, up and down. And around. Uh, and it, well, basically around. So now you're working more of your hamstrings and your glutes. Yep. Right? Because you're pulling up. Um, Hip flexors are in there. Yeah. So that, and you'll go faster. Um, so that is another source of a training additive or bonus mm-hmm. by doing that. And I did find that the cadence monitor... Um, yeah, because most people don't think about how quickly per their feet are moving per minute. Yeah. But it makes a big difference. Right. So that, too, is another training um, perspective. Yeah. That like was interesting. Getting, it it added your, to it. Getting your cadence up initially, you will ride slower. Because most people are stronger, especially in the legs, than they are aerobically fit. Right. So pushing a harder gear slower, um, for most people, will be the fastest for them. So it's almost like you got to take a step back speed-wise. Right. Um, if you're going to go from, like, say, 75 RPMs to 90 RPMs. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the long term, once you adapt to it, you'll actually be faster. Because the higher cadence um, uses less muscle glycogen and more body fat as a fuel source. Right? And because muscle glycogen is limited, most of us body fat is effectively unlimited as far as calories on a ride mm-hmm. you're never gonna run out of fat <laughs> right no nobody ever had a fat bonk you know plenty of people <laughs> have bonked in events because they ran out of yeah. you know muscle glycogen and yeah. glycogen in their liver yeah but nobody ever had a fat bonk in the middle of a ride yeah. where it was like man i was burning fat so well but i've completely run out yeah <laughs> it wouldn't that be a wonderful thing that it's like i just went on a ride it was a little too hard and now i'm ripped <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah. You know, so basically a little higher RPM 
um, pedaling, you know, aiming for 90 and 90 to 100 is sort of the target I, I kind of strive for. Right. Um, and one of the things you run into on a long ride is spin out, right? So high RPM. And then as you become fatigued, you can pedal home a little bit lower RPMs because right. you haven't fatigued those fast twitch muscle fibers, those strength it's fibers. Like two sources of uh, fuel. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, I guess that's like your hybrid. Yeah. <laughs> Electric and gas. Yep. Um, yeah. So that's that's another little trick I've used on long rides. You know, I spin in the beginning. Right. Um, and then when I'm getting fatigued from that a number of hours in, I finish uh, the ride pushing a harder gear a little bit slower um, and you come home still pretty strong. So. Um, and so one of the things too is like, don't rely. I've, uh, so many people have fitness trackers nowadays, whether it's the Garmin watches, Apple watches, mm. with with a wrist based heart right. rate monitor. Yeah. Um, get a chest strap, like a wireless chest strap. Mm-hmm. Most of these watches will work with them. Like we use Garmin products ourselves, so Catherine and I both have Garmin watches, and so either a Garmin or Polar chest strap. Um, they work with Bluetooth, so they'll work with the Garmin watches. Mm-hmm. Um, and because when you're exercising uh, and you're trying to be more targeted, the wrist base just isn't accurate enough. Um, especially, you know, you're, you're grabbing the handlebars, that kind of right. thing. When there's tension through the forearms, um, you know, you just run into the thing where, where the numbers basically aren't accurate. Let's talk about that for a second. Because when I first met you and I was uh, training the back of your bike shop, mm-hmm. you had me focused on heart rate beats per minute yeah. Um, as a target, like chase this number, you know, because you'll get better. It's, it's the progression, right? Yep. You don't want to stay stagnant at a certain speed mm-hmm. or gear. So, um, you know, we talked about zone two yep. and we didn't even talk about heart rate and we're not going to, I, I just happen to what my, know what my heart rate is around that level. Zone two again is just when you're able <clears throat> to have a conversation or say a sentence, but you need a breath of air in between that. Yeah, it's, no, not, it's not easy, but you can talk. Yeah, um, that's zone two. Like so it, the, I, I like how Peter Atia describes it. If somebody called, if he was in the middle of a training session, if somebody called, he can have a conversation, but they can tell he's exercising. Right. Yeah, because he's breathing hard. Not hard. Hard, but he's breathing heavier. Yeah. He's not. Yeah. But but it's not sitting in your office. Right. So, um, talk about heart rate, using heart rate for training. Is yeah. that something that you still recommend? Yeah, that's what we use. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, we haven't talked about that on the podcast. Yeah. Today. So, it, oh, the big thing comes in is that uh, for most people when they start out, I would recommend using the Maftone method um, until you get to know yourself. So, the Maftone method is take 180 minus your age. That's the upper end of your... Uh, training zone, take 10 beats off of it. That's the bottom end. So I'm 52. Call me 50 just because the math will be easy. That would be like 120 to 130 uh, would be my zone two kind of uh, training. Now, I run a little higher. Uh, I've bumped mine so it's like 120 to 135. Um, Catherine is a hummingbird. uh, And it's one of these things where once you ride for a while, um, because I also use the the talk test as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so 120 to 135 is where I get into that zone. Right. Catherine, you run into the thing where when we when we use the Maftone method on you, it's easy. Right. Right. So we've bumped yours up a little bit. Yeah. You know, because when we did the, uh, you know, 120 to 135, you can just natter on. So I basically, you know, we, we discussed it and now we sort of go 145 is the top end of hers. Right. So it's like 130 to 145. Yeah. Um, and that just gets her to shut up because, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like I talk too much. She enjoys talking during rides. Uh, I do. <laughs> yeah. You know, I always thought and it's one of those things like I don't understand. Like we've been on some mountain bike rides where. Oh, yeah. Ryan and I talk. Yeah. It's like, how are you guys not running into trees? No, we chit chat. Yeah, we're not going that fast. We're just chit chatting. You know, and Darcy and I, the first fifteen minutes, we're warming up. That's warm up. That's perfect. Yeah, and then you know, and then if it's a zone two ride, you should be able to talk. It's a da 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 da. I am like that. I am like that. Like when I'm warming up, I'm yeah 
not, it's not easy. Yeah. You know, and so, and sort of as a, an upper limit too, your legs shouldn't be burning. Right? Like if you're going hard enough that your legs are burning. That happens to me as soon as I get get started. But that's just because I, you're not I need, I'm not warmed up. Yeah. Like, I mean, in the middle of the ride. Yeah. Um, uh, if your legs are burning, that's a good indication you're accumulating lactic acid quicker than you can get rid of it. Right. Which is definitely above zone two. Right. So if you use the, the heart rate thing as a start. Um, the talk test, and then if your legs start to burn, dial it back a little bit. Right. That's sort of a good, you've actually got more than one bumper there, mm. right? Um, and then, you know, basically, we've got our bumpers in the in the bowling alley now. Now you can play anywhere in between it. Right. <laughs> you know, so that's a good way to go with zone two. Um, and then my other two days, you know, where you either do the sprints or the... Uh, uh, four by fours. They're pretty straightforward because it's like go as hard as you can. <laughs> and if you think you're going hard enough, go harder. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I, I hate them. Like particularly the the, the four by four intervals because they fucking hurt. Uh, but God, they work, right? But then alternating it every second week because the thirty second sprints, mm-hmm. um, you might have five seconds of your legs burning at the end. Mm-hmm. Right. But then you got, you know, um, and I do those every four minutes as well, just because I like the timing right. aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, because I've just got like a little cat eye computer on my bike. Yeah. Catherine's got all the bells and whistles. Yeah. <laughs> She's got the computerized trainer in the basement, you know, got the Garmin bike computer, you know, yeah. was seriously considering getting power meter pedals. Uh, I'm just training old school, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, why do you want, why does somebody want to get power meter pedals? Let's talk about that. I know we're going to do another episode on gadgets, but since we're talking about training. Well, so power meter is measuring the wattage you're putting out, the actual output. So I always equate power meters, um, because some people go by speed, but road conditions, all that stuff can vary. Right. So it, depending on the air uh, the wind, the road surface, all those things can affect your average speed. Mm-hmm. Um, but wattage is wattage. This is what you're putting out. Yeah. Right? And when you have both, uh, if you think about heart rate, heart rate is not what you did. Heart rate is how your body responded to what you did. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have wattage and heart rate, now you've got these two. If your wattage is going up and your heart rate's coming down, you're definitely fitter. Mm-hmm. Right? Um but I always equate it to weights. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't know what weight you're lifting, but you you know you do enough reps and you sort of uh, <coughs> you know basically push yourself, you'll still make progress, mm-hmm. right? But if you know what weight you did this workout, right? You know it was like 250 watts for this amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, versus not knowing what weight you did mm-hmm. um then you know you you run into the thing you've just got another uh training metric that's basically uh you're able to see and push workout to workout and not maybe workout to workout but like week to week month to month um you're actually able to see are you pushing harder you know um if you have workouts where you can't hit your wattage and you can't hit your heart rate well you then you know just go for an easy easy ride you're just not recovered right like it's it's can be used a bunch of different ways okay right um that being said uh i'm not racing anymore so i'm not going to spend the money on a power meter right Uh, you know like you can still get phenomenal fitness you know putting in the time if you're hitting your heart rate zones Mm -hmm. spending the time there you're getting the aerobic adaptations. Um, you know, could you be a little bit more precise with the power meter? Yeah, but I'm not interested personally. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, any of my clients, anybody I've coached in the past, um, you know, if they're really trying to optimize, get every little bit of speed, they're signed up for events or races, all that kind of thing, then it, it, I, I see it from a training standpoint as indispensable to become the best cyclist you can be. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but if you just want to be really good in great shape, mm-hmm. you know, if, if, if you uh, are somebody who would be motivated by seeing the numbers mm-hmm. and that gets you to do it, then it can be a useful tool, even if it's not cheap. Right. But because uh, it runs like what? How much? Uh, cheap power meters, like five, six hundred bucks. And decent ones? And over 12. Holy shit. And you can get into the three, four thousand. Wow. You know, you can get crank based, you can get pedal based. Or you can get the, uh, what did I get? Uh, the, the Tax Neo 2T. Which comes with a power meter. It's built in power meter, yeah. Yeah. Um, so Catherine will have advanced power meter training when she trains indoors. Yeah. You know, and uh, to me that actually, because if it can make indoor training in the winter um, or rainy days mm-hmm. um, more fun, uh, more engaging, that gets you to actually do it. Yeah. Um, then you're you're golden. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's um, my winter plan. Mm-hmm. Cool. I've got your cassette on it now. Yeah. Yeah, I put that on the other day. So now her trainer. We should do it tomorrow morning since we're not riding tomorrow. It's going to rain. Yeah, then we can. Let's do that. Spend the time figuring out how to hook it up to the computers. Sure. Because, and uh, just for people, if you do get one of these modern smart trainers, um, there's a number of different uh, apps you can use with them Mm -hmm. to, to, you know, like Zwift is the one if you want a lot of community, race people from around the world, all that kind of stuff. But uh, the one I'd recommend for most people would be Ruby. Uh, it's actual high definition video of like race courses from around the world. Um, and like when you hit a hill, the trainer gets harder. Uh, you hit cobblestones. Catherine's got the fancy trainer, so it'll vibrate <laughs> like you're riding on cobblestones. <laughs> I hate cobblestones, but anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And it's good for mountain biking, road cycling. Yeah. Gravel, probably. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter like. What the train is. No. But you'll, you're going to run into the thing simulate where. Simulate that. Yeah. Because the reality is everybody who gravel rides, mountain bikes, uh, most of their training is on road. <laughs> Right. Because it's a manageable environment. And then a lot of people train, like who race, a big chunk of their training's done on the trainer, even in the summertime. I don't know how the fuck they do that, but. Uh, oh, wow. You know, just their structured intervals and stuff. Yeah. Because oh, okay. you can be exact. Um, and, but to me, the, something like Ruby, because we've also got uh, a non fancy computerized trainer. Yep. Um, and that'll be what. Um, this Porsche Muck's using. <laughs> uh, I'm just joking because, you know. Uh, it's a good trainer. Oh, it is. It's yeah. like a, a Kurt Kinetic um, super. Other than the Catherine's new trainer doesn't make any noise. There's no tire running on it. Like you take your rear wheel off and mount your bike right on the trainer. So it's super quiet. All mm. you hear is the chain. <laughs> um, hmm. Whereas, you know. When I'm on the trainer, you'll hear those, <laughs> you know, the tire. Um, yeah. But whenever Catherine rides it, I'll ride beside her and just pretend I'm on those roads on the TV. And then she can just tell me when it got harder and I'll just yeah. switch the gears up. And then, oh, we're hill climbing. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So that'll be pretty cool. Um, but hopefully you guys got something out of like how to now use your bicycle as a training tool. Um, and, uh, you know, as we say, it's like, particularly uh, the gravel bike, just because you can ride at road, you can ride trails, you can ride da da da. Um, it, like it's such an effective training tool because you're running into the thing where you're able to do both, you know, moderate cardio, yeah. super hard cardio, Lala rides with the kids. Yeah. Um, uh, and it's fun. You know, we really should have mentioned your, your background in all of this because you coached triathletes and cyclists and cyclists and you coached me. Mm -hmm. So speaking from my own experience, if anybody wants to be coached for training, you will put specific programs together for them beyond what you just talked about. Oh, sweet. He's plugging me. 
I am. Yeah. No, but it's true. I yeah. mean, like, um, for me, I was amazed when we did the benchmark test at mm-hmm. the beginning, and I was coming really from nothing. But yeah. of course, there's newbie gains. But nevertheless, at the end of the month, I did the same circuit, and I halved the it's same fun. workout that I had to do. And it wasn't just on the bike. Like, we did different, like, it was a, an actual circuit. But mm-hmm. it was showing what kind of um, performance improvement, you know, the car- the cardio training I got from the bike. Yeah. Um, yeah, I noticed it. So, mm-hmm. you know your shit. Yeah. Well, that that's very nice of you to say. Um, so, yes, if anybody does want uh, coaching, whether it's our Gen X Transformation Program, getting from couch to sexy beast again, uh, or, you know, if you're a cyclist, um, you know, you're not uh, starting from nothing, um, you know, contact us at livewildradio.com. And when you go there, click on fitness coaching and you can fill out the contact form. And Mm -hmm. I can create, you know, whether you're a cyclist, um, you want to build some muscles, you want to lose some weight. We cover all of the things, Um, you know, we we talk. Or sports specific training, whether it be rock climbing. Yeah. Um, Running, whatever, you know. Uh, My recommendation if you're a runner is stop. (laughs) 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 And I only say that because... Coaching both like cyclists and triathletes. Yeah. Cyclists only got injured in two ways. One was too much hill climbing at the beginning of the season, like going from the trainer to outdoors. Mm-hmm. They could sometimes get a bit of knee tendonitis. Okay. Right. Too much hard pushing before yeah, yeah. they'd acclimatize. Yeah. Or crashing. Yeah. Triathletes were getting hurt all the time and it was always from running. <laughs> mm. Right. Uh, you know, so I'm not saying don't run. But trail run, get on rail trails, um, work on your technique, get your butt stronger. There's a whole bunch of things so you can avoid getting injured as a right. runner. <laughs> right. You know, which we can help you with. So, yeah. yeah. You know, livewildradio.com and click the uh, on the banner, fitness coaching. We're always happy to help. So, until next time. Work hard. Play dirty. <laughs> <laughs>